back. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. A special day. We are broadcasting live at the War Memorial here on the banks of Lake Michigan, Milwaukee County, as the field of flags is expanding and getting to over uh, 12,000 flags, a representative of the lives lost, the Wisconsin lives lost, going all the way back to the Civil War. And as you heard Dan Buttrey just a little while ago, the uh, president and CEO down here describe all the different conflicts, and they're going to do a different one each year, eventually building up to all Wisconsinites that have been lost as uh, that field of flags continues to grow. Now two years in existence down here on this Memorial Day weekend. So we are glad to have you. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to us in whatever capacity. Uh, And joining us now over on uh, the hotline, our friend Andrew Brandt. And Andrew's got uh, the business of sports. He's got the podcast. So much. uh, And uh, in-depth, behind-the-scenes access. Every real sports fan wants. We all know that. Got the uh, Brandt on the rant. And uh, he's also got the uh, the business letter. Everything. You can find him over at Andrew Brandt on uh, Twitter as well. Andrew, how you been? I've been good, Bill. It's a nice time. It's... uh little slower and but there's always the business of sports that keeps me busy i'm actually busier when the players are not playing than when they are i was going to ask you because there's a lot going on right now and a lot of stuff i want to dive into first and foremost i want to dive into the deshaun watson thing and i i've been reading what you've been writing about it and hearing the podcast and so tell me what you because there's so many things because everybody just expects he's going to be suspended and that'll be the end of it and everybody wonders what the NFL is waiting for. So can you kind of explain what is going on right now regarding Deshaun Watson? Well, it's hard to know what's gone on for the past 18 months because we first heard about reports of these massage therapists that's that long ago. But I think there's better idea of what's going on from now on because the NFL has talked to Deshaun Watson. And to me, that's a big sign because – Having done this with the Packers for 10 years, I won't go into who or what it was about, but when the NFL looks into something, the last person they talk to is the player that is facing potential conduct discipline. That's always been the case, as far back as I can remember, and it's still the case today. So once they've talked to Watson, which they have, now they make a report. And it's headed by Lisa Friel, who's the former Manhattan sex crimes prosecutor who was hired away by the NFL after the Ray Rice stuff. And she, I think, is either done or close to done with her investigation. So now it goes to what is now a disciplinary officer, which is new, NFL and NFLPA jointly appointed, and that will make a determination on discipline. And then any appeal, there will be lawyers. But guess who the appeal goes to? Everyone knows the answer to this. It goes right mm-hmm. back to the Commissioner Goodell. So I guess what we have here is a little change in the process from Goodell being judge, jury, and executioner to be more just judge, uh, appellate judge, if you will, rather than jury. So, and one of the things, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that one of the hesitations would be that if you suspended him right now, and then the cases move forward, and for whatever reason it becomes in some way, shape, or form a criminal case, 
that if, say, video comes out and what have you, much like we saw with the Ray Rice deal, that all of a sudden, well, you've suspended him once, you can't go back to the well again and say, well, we've discovered that this is even more egregious than what we were led to believe or what we thought, or more so than a he said, she said, that they can't then suspend him again. So they're being very cautious in how they want to handle this up into punishment. I think that's a good point. I mean, that's the double jeopardy that applies from the Ray Rice suspension. Again, for people who don't know, Ray Rice was suspended two games, which no one seemed to have a big issue with at the time, right? There wasn't a big outcry, hey, he only got two games. But then that second video came out, and the world changed, and he got an indefinite suspension. And Ray Rice, I remember covering this for ESPN, sued. And he won. The indefinite suspension was thrown out because of, quote-unquote, double jeopardy. Now, in his case, he never played again. So it was kind of a pyrrhic victory because no one ever wanted to sign him again. But that would be different for Deshaun Watson. But listen, Bill, I think there's going to be a lot of discipline here, even without criminal charges. I don't see Deshaun Watson playing many games this year. I just don't because – I'm back to precedent, and everyone's. I've said it many times, Ben Roethlisberger, Ezekiel Elliott, both six-game suspensions, both for activities towards a woman, maybe just one woman, both no criminal charges. So how in God's green earth is Deshaun Watson going to get less than six games, and I would think even close to six games? So I just think it's going to be a long suspension. Um, so we'll, we'll move on from that. I also want to talk about the the owners in the NFL. Uh, you've got what is continuing to be an ugly layer after layer after layer of the onion peel, peeled away from the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder. Stephen Ross uh, and uh, Haslam both uh, attempting to pay coaches or allegedly attempting to pay coaches to lose games. I mean, you know, it, it, owners are starting to really smell in some of this as well, and the perception of ownership is growing poor also with some of the personal stuff that Jerry Jones has been dealing with as well. Um, I, I got to think that if I'm Commissioner Goodell, I don't even want to answer my phone at this point, right? Yeah, but, I mean, I hear a lot of people say, well, they're going to get him out or get Snyder out of Washington. I just don't see it. You know, 24 votes, and like you just referenced, do these owners want to have an owner thrown out when they have skeletons in their closet too? So I just don't see it, and I've said this many times over the years, Roger Goodell, part of the job description is to protect these guys. You know, they're his bosses, and he's done that very well. He's done that very well. Every time he's asked about Dan Snyder or Jerry Jones or Stephen Ross, you know, he just deflects, and uh, that's what happens. So, yeah, owner behavior has not been good. But, you know, there was a quote from Jerry Jones along the way here that, you know, drama is good. So whether it's good publicity, bad publicity, you know, that's he is he has become a lightning rod. It's rare in sports where an owner gets as much publicity as the best players. But certainly Jones does that. Uh, He's probably the most marketable cowboy of the whole organization. How about that? 
Yeah, no, I, that I would agree with. Um, with the uh, you know the the House subcommittee looking into the practices of the Washington Commanders, what do you see happening? We, as far as judgment goes, or as far as discipline goes, it's at what point does all this come to a head? Yeah, I mean, I think this is like Watson. It's it's going to kind of go on its own pace, and there is no, uh, you know, my phrase, deadlines for action. I don't think there's any deadline. Now, the committee has uh, asked for subpoenas, I believe, and everything seems to be in that calendar. We've had the women on Capitol Hill testify against Daniel Snyder, but it hasn't moved since. You know, and it's, you know what's going on in this world. <laughs> and Congress yeah. may not get back to this for a while, if at all, and that's just the way things happen. Then there is the uh, the Stephen Ross, obviously, and the uh, issue there with him being sued and the owners being sued for the discrimination factor. Um, where are we in all of that? Well, there have been a couple of hearings. Um, there's been additions to Brian Flores as a class action. Um, Steve Wilkes, who was a one-year coach at the Arizona Cardinals, he has joined that lawsuit as well as Ray Horton, an assistant coach, and that is moving through the court process. Again, tough one to prove because you know what's going to happen, whether it's the Giants or the Broncos or pick a team, Houston, mm -hmm. they're going to say we hired X coach instead of Brian Flores for 10 reasons, and none of the reasons are going to be raised. Mm -hmm. So how do you prove those things? I mean, those are going to be the, the tough things legally. The question for Brian Flores is, does he become a standard out there that he changed the processes in the NFL? We're seeing little things like this accelerator at the meetings where it was speed dating between owners and minority candidates around the league, minority employees that are in front office and coaching. Now, people say, well, that's kind of contrived, but it's good. It's a step. It's a step. Uh, I did want to ask you as well, by the way, we're talking with Andrew Brandt, the business of sports, uh, S-I-M-M-Q-B. You can read all his stuff. Also, he's got the podcast, and you can join uh, the, uh, the the website and uh, also the uh, the newsletter, and it's nine bucks a month, and you can find it. I just tweeted it out, the link to it, so you can find it all right there. Um, I wanted to ask you about Colin Kaepernick because he gets a tryout with Las Vegas, and I said, look, if 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 he performs well, it really you almost you don't want to bring him in just to look like you're doing some window dressing. I mean, this has to be a serious look, and if he plays well enough to outplay what the backups are right now behind Derek Carr, you almost have to give him a job, don't you? Yeah, but I just don't see it because he's been out for five years. And, I, I mean, he may look good in a tryout, but I think it's great he's having a tryout after five years of not having tryouts. But it's just, to me, it's like having been in that role, it's just doing your due diligence on tryout players. And I think even Josh McDaniel said, we brought in a lot of guys and we'll keep in touch and, I just think this, Bill, I said this right, you know, for years about Kaepernick. If you're not looking at him as a starter, which no one is going to be looking at him as a starter these days, do you want that as your back? You know, you, do you want your backup player to have that attention? Teams usually, you know, they'll, they'll deal with 
attention and stuff about their stars, that's fine. They that's that's par for the course. But when it comes to backups, do you want a lot of attention and notoriety about backups? I think teams are going to shy away from that. And yeah, Mick Lombardi's with the Raiders. He was at San Francisco during those glory years of Kaepernick, so I get it. I just don't see him signing him. Yeah, that was my question, is if you bring him in as a backup, you have to be able to absorb all the scrutiny that's going to come with that. And then, you know, I guess my question would be, is it worth it? I mean, is it just an initial onslaught, and after that he goes quietly into that good night? Or is it every day, and then you're asking all the guys in the locker rooms to step up and answer those questions as well? I I, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad he got a tryout, I guess, but I, I just don't want it to be where all of a sudden now people are screaming, well, you only gave him a tryout just to give him one so we'd shut up and go away for those that want to see Colin Kaepernick come back into the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if it's that. I just think that um, they also traded. Now, I know a seventh-round pick for Stidham, who Josh McDaniels drafted in New England. I would say Stidham has a better chance of being Derek Carr's backup, who who's obviously played for Josh McDaniels recently, or at least practiced for him. I'd say he, have, he has a much better chance. Than, he's already signed, of course, than Kaepernick. Right. So I... I don't see them signing him. So real quick before I let you go, um, obviously Aaron Rodgers not in camp. He said he, at some point he's going to be in one of these camps. But when, when you were with the Packers and you're in a front office, what kind of emphasis was there to have – you know, veterans work with specifically in the quarterback position, work with young guys. So they, cause I just don't want to hear, Hey, we're not on the same page yet. Six, eight games into the season when you could have been starting to build relationships now uh, rather than waiting until training camp. So give me your thoughts or at least what the, what, what the premise was going into these camps, these OTAs and mini camps, trying to get the veterans to kind of show the young guys the way. Don't get me started, Bill. <laughs> I mean, I was uh, the one thing I got there, and two, three years in, I said, I got to, I got to fix this. I got to change this. Where no one was showing up in the spring, for no veterans were showing up, and I just said, we got to fix this, and we had to make it financially sound. And say a guy was making a million dollars, I would say, you're not making a million anymore. You're making nine hundred and a hundred thousand workout bonus. And that was the only way to sort of get people up there. And, I, and still, they're all fighting me and say, can I just have my trainer send in reports from Florida, from Texas, from California? And I'm like, no, you got to be here. You got And it was so hard, so hard to change that culture. And now most of them are there. And sure, the stars will stay, still stay away. Of course, Brett Favre stayed away and Charles Woodson stayed away, and that's fine. You know, I think what you're talking about now with Aaron and new receivers, I get it, but he's freaking Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. The new receivers will figure him out in six weeks of training camp. But the last thing I'll say, which I've talked about before, is we learned a lot about Aaron Rodgers in those two off-seasons where Brett stayed away. And hopefully they're learning a lot about Jordan Love last year and this year and and it's his team. It was Aaron's team for those four months. And it's Jordan's team, I would think, for these four months. So that's, you know, a blessing in disguise for the Packers, I think. Just to get a little more of a look at him. So I I, I, I don't did, – did, should we read anything into the fact that, the, at least as far as we know, the phone really wasn't ringing off the hook for Jordan Love for so many teams that were looking for quarterbacks as there were this offseason? 
I mean, knowing Brian and knowing the Packers, they're not trading Jordan Love. You know, they're not trading Jordan Love. And we can have a whole other discussion about how long Aaron stays, but, you know, it could be just like Aaron. Aaron sat three years. Jordan sat three years. And he comes in next year. We'll see. Yep, no doubt. Uh, Andrew, always great stuff. And if they want to get a hold of the uh, newsletter or listen to the podcast, again, how do they do it? Where do they go? Yeah, the podcast is wherever you hear podcasts. But I did start this newsletter. Go to andrew-brandt.com. It comes out every Sunday. And I've recently started, as you mentioned, this premium site where they get me every day. I, I do videos and we meet every week. So a lot of people are interested in sort of getting more. And there you go to andrew-brandt.com slash SBL for Sports Business League. There you go. Good stuff. Appreciate it, pal, and have a great weekend, okay? Same to you, Bill. All right. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is our good friend Andrew Brandt kind of giving us a lot of the business, so to speak, when it comes to the NFL specifically as uh, looking at like, man, he seems to think, Ben, when you and I did the over and under on eight games for Deshaun Watson, he thinks it's going to be more. And he he said, I mean, even he said, he said, I don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to play a whole lot of football this season. Does that mean then the Browns are going to be extremely reluctant to get rid of Baker Mayfield? I guess so. I mean, if there's anyone in the NFL I would not want to be right now, I think he might come close to the top of the list. Right? Because they've invested in Deshaun Watson, but Watson most likely not going to play. And if he does, it's not going to be a whole lot. Can you imagine that if Baker Mayfield does not get traded, he stays in Cleveland? Now, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I just I think I want to hold out. But Baker Mayfield's other option would be to go to Cleveland to get into camp to completely kick ass to the point where this team is in playoff contention and then just to say, told you I could do it. If you put the right pieces with me, I can do it. And I'm, oh, by the way, I'm healthy. And then Deshaun Watson takes it over. And if Deshaun Watson take him, takes him to a Super Bowl, so be it. But if he fails miserably after being out of the game basically for a year and a half and he looks bad, but Maker, Baker Mayfield looks great, oh, my God, the quandary, the, the mess that would be in Cleveland then. And then Baker Mayfield still, he could go off and be traded and Cleveland could get more for him and what have you. But it's just, what a what a crap show over there in Cleveland. Holy mackerel. We're going to do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show live down here at the War Memorial on the banks of Lake Michigan. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friday edition, going into the Memorial Day weekend. Hey, uh, a big one coming up tonight out at the UW Panther Arena. If you are an Admirals fan or maybe a casual hockey fan, uh, it is playoff hockey. And, again, another do-or-die situation for the uh, the Admirals. They win. They they uh, they have one more game then to uh, advance. If they lose tonight, their season comes to an end, playing the Chicago Wolves. So get down to the UW Panther Arena. If you're looking for tickets, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Dot com. Get down there and root on the Admirals. Hopefully they get a win tonight, get another game down in Chicago, 
and then they move on towards a Calder Cup. Can't wait. Hopefully they get the win. Let's let's go ahead. Let's get the job done. Coming up tonight down uh, down at the UW Panther Arena. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Going to talk with Zach Heilprin, sports director at WOZN, uh, the zone out in Madison. Uh, a little bit about the Badgers and some Packers chatter as well. That's coming up here after the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I wanted to go back to the NIL stuff, uh, Ben, real quick. And I know you guys were talking about it earlier this morning. And a question was posed to me actually by a business owner. And the business owner had brought it up and he said, so what is the benefit to my business if I bring in one of these high school recruits now? Can we sign them to a contract that makes them exclusive to us? I have never looked into the details of an NIL contract, but my assumption is they're like any other contract. They're, the exclusivity clause can be there if, if, say, you are going to sign with Adidas or, say, you sign with Quick Trip. You know, say let's Quick Trip, a, a local company, goes and signs this kid coming out of high school, and he's going to play for the Badgers to wear anything in Quick Trip related to Badger stuff. They write you exclusively to, okay? Then you can only do that. You can't then go, say, to Speedway or to BP and get another deal. I, yeah, you can get exclusivity deals. But have you ever – do you know anybody that's got one of the, these NIL contracts out there in Madison? No. And I think the exclusivity part is tough because they are not technically employees. I think they're more freelancers, so they would be – obviously paid per appearance or per advertisements or they do a signing or whatever. I don't know how the exclusivity would work, though, because I don't believe they can be contracted like a professional athlete could. That's See, that's what I'm thinking, but I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, let's say Adidas comes to that player and says, we want you to wear nothing but Adidas shoes, and we're going to pay you to do it. But yet the school has a contract with Under Armour. Does that then become a conflict? Does the does that player then is he committed to Adidas and Adidas only? And can the school say no? You have to wear Under Armour because of our deal with Under Armour. I don't know, and I I would figure the school's deal would come first because it's all of the apparel the school has. I I would assume there's some sort of dress code when they do take the field in terms of if yeah. there's other stuff like aside from the jersey and the pants and the helmet. They would they would have to fit some certain criteria. So in terms of on the field apparel, I would assume the school's rule would uh, reign supreme. Yeah, I don't know how all that works, so I, I'm not the best person to ask uh, when it comes to that. I know that uh, who is is it? Who has uh, Wisconsin now? Is it Under Armour? Yes, it is. It, that's what I thought because it was Reebok for a while. And then they ended up going uh, over to Under Armour because um, I know some of the schools have Nike deals. Some of the schools have Adidas deals because um, they used to have Wisconsin used to have Adidas. Correct me if I'm wrong. Back when Bo Ryan was the head coach. I'm not Am sure. I, correct in that? I, I think I'm correct in that. I'm not 100 percent positive, but I think I'm correct in that. So I, 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 anyway, going back to it, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't honestly tell you. Rick says the school's deal supersedes any NIL deal. Um, and that would be my assumption, but I don't specifically know. Now, I would assume that when this guy's out making appearances or such and he's walking into a Nike store, he's probably wearing a Nike store Nike gear, uh, 
uh, true. Um, Judge Smell's burner says uh, Aaron Rodgers wears Adidas, and the NFL deal is Nike. The NFL deal is Nike um, jerseys, is Nike uniform. Their shoes are not part of that uniform, if I'm correct. So in that case, I I, I think it they cannot wear a Rodgers cannot come out in a jersey that represents the Adidas logo if I'm not mistaken. So that's different. You're like, it's kind of like, um, you know, the NBA players, they have certain deals that they're allowed to have. NBA players wear their own shoes, but the uniform itself is custom made by blank. And I think it's Nike as well, if I'm not mistaken. But each player's have their own deal and create their own shoe and wear it on the court. So I don't, I think the shoes are different, but the uniform itself you are correct that the NFL is has that deal with Nike. Uh, you are you are correct. Anyway, um, just uh, I think that's kind of how it works. But I think that the schools deal with uniforms uh, supersedes any deal that a player would get. But I think when it comes to shoes, that might be different. Uh, couldn't tell you. Uh, Rick says I forget the basketball recruit, but he was limited to like Kansas and one other school because he signed with a shoemaker? That's, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, anyway, we're getting into the weeds, but it is something we can talk about. Zach Heilprin is going to be joining us coming up next. He is the sports director, WOZN. The Zone, our flagship station out in Madison. We are broadcasting live at the War Memorial on the banks of Lake Michigan as the field of flags is being put into place for the ceremony tomorrow. And we thank all of you veterans and those that are currently in the military and all of their families for the weekend that is upcoming and respect all those who did perish and give so much, the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. We certainly appreciate everything about that. Uh, by the way, if you're heading downtown at all this weekend and you're going to stop by, uh, say, in the, the Third Ward or over at Second and National in Walker's Point, Stenny's is the place to go to watch sports. Whether it's a Brewers games this weekend, run want to run some shuttle buses over to the Admirals game, they'll get you there, no problem. Maybe check out the Indy 500 or just go in for some terrific food and a great atmosphere, what I've always called the Cheers of Milwaukee. That is our friends at Stenny. Second and National, Walker's Point. Stop in. Tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. of uh, Lake Michigan, and uh, the field of flags continues to grow, and the flags are being uh, implanted into the ground, representing each each flag represents a lost Wisconsinite in a conflict going all the way back to the Civil War, and uh, we appreciate uh, Dan Buttry uh, inviting us down here to do the program here today. Also, uh, they are having a ride coming up on 9-11. Uh, Medal of Honor ride. So if you are, uh, you know, a rider and you're interested in doing that, you can also check out the War Memorial uh, Center down here and uh, check out their website 
for sign-up and information. Uh, joining us now, uh, the sports director over WOZN out in Madison, our flagship station, The Zone, Zach Heilprin. Zach, how you doing, pal? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, let's start with the OTAs up in Green Bay. First of all, give me your impression as to uh, as to what you see and what's going on up in Green Bay. Yeah, so we've gotten one day of OTAs. We, that was on Tuesday. Uh, the other couple practices were closed to the media. Not a ton there, uh, obviously, um, but you know, it's always interesting to see how the rookies and the veterans kind of mix together. And, uh, you know, Jordan Love, obviously, QB1 at this point in the season, or I should say at this point in the offseason with, with Aaron Rodgers staying away. So there was some good and there was some bad from that. But really, I mean, shoulders, I mean, uh, helmets and shorts, and that was about it. But, that, you know, there was some good stuff from the locker room, which is we were in the locker room for the first time. At least I should say I was for the first time since uh, after the uh, 2019 season. So when you get a chance to talk to some of these guys, now we were talking with Andrew Brand a little bit earlier, and he was pretty emphatic. He wanted to see his veterans there, even though some guys, you know, did not show continuously. What is it, uh, you know, I, I guess the benefit is that Jordan Love gets the reps. It's kind of his team until Aaron shows up. So you tell me, what do you think of Jordan Love? What do you think of the level of confidence coming back this year after thinking maybe that might be it and he might get this team, but Aaron Rodgers signs the contract and all of that? Yeah, I thought it was, it, was, it was interesting in talking to him. He spoke with reporters, and, you know, he was uh, – he admitted. Like, I didn't, I didn't – quite honestly, wasn't expecting him to admit it, but he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm happy that Aaron got the contract, but I'm also like – just kind of think it was going to be perhaps my time, and it wasn't, and uh, now I'm going to be back up again. But he's also loving that Aaron Rodgers isn't there, so he can take all these snaps in OTAs. I honestly uh, – you know, with what we've seen from Rodgers the last two years after not – taking part you know obviously there was no off season in 2020 and he didn't show up at all in 2021 and then he went out and had two of the best years of his career so i think it's he's kind of proven that you don't necessarily need that now the situation's a little bit different this year without Devontae adams and mark was scantling and you got some new faces and uh, a lot of actually say a lot of new faces in that wide receiver room that maybe there's a little bit of value to it but again i for a lot of these guys they're home working out it's not like they're just sitting on their butts at home. They're working out. They're just not coming to Green Bay to do it. Um, you know, and certain guys think it's valuable. Randall Cobb obviously does. And certain guys, uh, you know, don't stay away and still go out and play really well during the year. So, you know, I know we're trying to get a look at these guys. And like you said, they're in shoulder pads and helmets and shorts, and they're not really running around, you know, hitting and, and you know, going against coverages and such. But is there anything that has impressed you? Yeah, it's difficult, you know, uh, just because we'll, we'll get another practice next week, and then obviously the mini camp the following week, we'll get, we'll get a little bit more. So it's it's difficult just to have anything stand out in one single day. Uh, I thought Darnell Savage made a couple of nice plays, uh, back-to-back uh, pass breakups. Um, you know, I certainly think uh, Romeo Dobbs is a guy that is the fourth-round pick. He showed up in the rookie mini camp, and I thought he showed up again on Tuesday. He. Uh, He's wearing 87, which I, I think just leads you to, to think of Robert Brooks. But and he, he's not that type of receiver. But it, he he catches the ball really, really well. And he's got some. You know, we always talk about Devontae's late hands. He's got some late catch-up speed. I would say um, that I think is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. He's a guy that I think is going to be able to help them down the field. And then obviously Christian Watson is a focus too. And um, as I said, so so little uh, plays to be able to judge guys on, but. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them next week and then more and more as we go along this offseason. 
Uh, I do want to kind of flip over to the Badgers real quick, and we know the schedule's out. We're starting to get some times and such and and win totals and picks and all that kind of stuff. How do you see, uh, as we sit here today, and we're far, far, far away from uh, the season getting underway, but how do you see this season going? Yeah, I, what was your initial thought when you saw eight and a half? And I, I, we, we, we talked about this on – Ben and I talked about this on the show last night, but what was your original feeling? Because I, I – I thought it was low. Yeah. See, I thought it was low, and I thought, you know what? The only thing that's going to make it eight and a half or less is if Graham Mertz is a train wreck. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's it's the unknown, and I, I wouldn't even say a train wreck, but just not uh, average. Like if he's if he's below average, where which is what he was in large stretches of last year, it's going to be very very difficult because their schedule, you know, is uh, I, I, in my opinion. Uh, more difficult than last year. You don't have any good home games. Most of all your tough games are on the road. So eight and a half is difficult. I looked at the schedule and I, I see six wins guaranteed. Like the, I, I have six wins guaranteed. And then it's kind of a, a, a crapshoot trying to find another three to take the over. Um, I'm not saying that they won't get nine wins or won't get 10 wins. But if I had, if I'm saying eight and a half, I probably would say over. But if it was nine, I'd say under. You know what I mean? Like I think it's going to be, I do think mm-hmm. it's going to be nine. And, uh, it's 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 just really difficult to guarantee any uh, outside of the six. Like I think they got six, and then they have to find ways to to get another three to get the over. So uh, going in that direction, I I still think they're a ten win team. I, I think that uh, you know I don't know specifically when it comes to what their defense is going to be capable of doing, but I always count on a good Jim Leonard defense. I just do. It's kind of like the sun coming up. You always know they're going to be tough in a lot of different areas, and the areas they're not, they're able to overcome. Uh, the only question mark to me is whether or not the offensive line is able to protect Graham Mertz, and if Graham Mertz's decision-making has gotten quicker, if he's able to look at things and suddenly the game has slowed down and he can make a decision and see the opening and see where things are and, and things are going to be better. And obviously I go back to the offensive line opening up holes for the run game. But to me, I just I look at this schedule and I say, you know, I know the tougher games are on the road and the bigger games are on the road, but I said 10 wins. And, and it, it came very naturally. It came very quick when I looked at it. I went win, loss, win, 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 win. And then I had maybe loss at Ohio State. And then maybe one of those games games they shouldn't lose but they do one of those you know patented games where you're thinking they're rolling and all of a sudden they stub their toe like we've seen them do against minnesota or northwestern down there one of those goofy games but beyond that i thought 10 wins yeah so i think you mentioned something that's key there and that's the offensive line because i think graham mertz one given time certainly uh has the ability to pick teams apart uh, he has the ability now has he done it consistently absolutely not also has taken so many hits these first two years as a starter. And I think the offensive line is a huge key to that. And I, I do think they're going to be better. I think their left side certainly is going to be better with Jack Nelson at left tackle and Tyler Beachin at left guard. And then Joe Tippman's one of the better centers in, in the league. And then you have the right side that's still a little bit in flux, but I think you've got a lot of good options there. If they can keep him upright, I think that they are going to have a better passing game. Uh, and I think that's going to happen, but it's going to be on Graham to actually make plays. But you talk about, the Ohio State game, that's, that's a loss in my mind, right? Um, and then you have mm-hmm. at Iowa, at Michigan State, at Northwestern, all three of those games, uh, certainly, I don't know, two and one, one and two, like out of those two, because going down to Northwestern, never easy. Going down to Iowa, the way that they played defense the last few years, not going to be easy. So it's a it's a challenging schedule, certainly, and, and none of the games, as, as I mentioned before, are at home. All the tough ones or on the road, maybe outside of Minnesota. I look at that Northwestern game, and I'm thinking they should beat Northwestern. 
I, well, they should, yeah. I, I, I don't doubt that. They should beat them. So just, just to say we're going down there, we all traditionally win there. See, that's the thing that's always bothered me. It's just, it's. I agree, it's a goofy place to play. It's just got a different feel to it. So yeah. it's tough. But that's one of those things where it's it's almost like a coach. You have not, you got to overcome that. You, you you can't go to a lesser team and just say, well, it's a goofy place to play and we usually lose here. You, I, I, not that Paul Chris accepts that, but that's one of those things where you and I both look at it and go, ah, goofy place to play. I check it off as a loss. <laughs> but at what point do they finally just say, this is this is crap. We've got to overcome this. Yeah, I mean, it is a goofy place. I will say uh, the game being at 2.30 as opposed to 11, uh, as, as ridiculous as this sounds, kind of makes a little bit more sense. Someone tweeted at me 11 a.m easy northwestern win 230 wisconsin should win uh just because it's i mean it's it is it's a goofy place and it's a little bit different when it's a little bit uh at a different time an 11 a.m game at northwestern is is like the smallest high school game that you've ever been to bill it's just um mm-hmm. there's there's zero energy it's just it's a really really weird place to play um now there's a lot of wisconsin people that travel down there but it's still such a weird place to play and that's why you just never chalk that up as a win. But should they win? Absolutely. Northwestern is not going to be very good this year. I don't. I don't envision them bouncing back like they had the last two. Uh, what when they went to a title game in uh, 2018 and then did it in 2020. I don't envision that happening this year after a, a really rough season last year. So you should be able to beat Northwestern. It's just history gives me pause. But no, they are not. The a, other thing. The, the other thing about Evanston, if you go to Evanston and it's a gray, cloudy, even almost coming off of a rainy day or it's just a, a raw day, it, it makes it that much more worse. Where you get into stadium situations, there's still an energy. Even in snowy situations or icy situations, there's an energy. You go down there on a gray, cloudy, cold day, and it's just kind of a raw day, it sucks down there. It just <laughs> there's You're right. There is zero energy in that joint. Yeah, no, Wisconsin went down there in 2014, and Melvin Gordon ran for like 258 yards, and they still lost. And it was one of those days where it was rainy. They threw Joel Stave and, and uh, Tanner McAvoy threw a bunch of interceptions. Like, it's just – and they uh, 2018 was kind of the same way. Um, that was a better Northwestern team, but they just – when it's nasty down there, it just – it feels weird. Uh, I don't – I can't explain it. I've never been to another stadium like it. Uh, it's just – it is just so – abnormal compared to every other pretty much every other venue in the big 10 is just complete opposite zach good stuff as always man i appreciate it have a terrific weekend and we'll talk again soon okay all right sounds good bill thank you there you go that is zach kyle print wozn out in madison our flagship station covering the badgers the packers and such and just kind of rendering some opinions as the Badger schedule trickles out and uh, the Green Bay Packers wrapping up this week's OTAs and they grab his opinion on that uh, somewhat. Good to, good stuff to get him on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And uh, I tell you time and again, they are terrific doors. They are terrific windows. They are terrific entry systems. I have them all in my home. All in my, I believe in the product. I got the product first before I ever did any of this uh, endorsement stuff. It's just, it's a terrific product. And if you are looking for a, uh, a budgetary friendly line, they have the vinyl windows. If you're looking for a little bit of an upgrade, uh, you go to the Impervia, the uh, traditional wood, the luxurious wood, contemporary to traditional. And they have many different ways to finance for your budget, 
for your lifestyle. You can choose the interior, the exterior, the hardware, the innovations like roll screen, the innovations like the slider window, so many different things. And the best part about it, I've always stated, is when I lock them up at night and I put my head on my pillow, unless you drive a truck through them, you're not coming in the house. It's that simple. They're that good. They're secure. They're beautiful. They add value to your home. So many different aspects of Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get a hold of them. Call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Or simply go to the website. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. And you're not going to get a better window. You're not going to get a better door. You're not going to get a better entry system. And they custom measure, they custom cut, they custom assemble, and they custom install them, and they warranty them. And that's the best part about it. Go to our friends, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you. We are broadcasting live at the War Memorial downtown Milwaukee, right on the banks of Lake Michigan. Field of Flags and the ceremony coming up this weekend. And we've been uh, showing you some pictures over on the uh, Facebook fan page and over on the Bud Light live stream all day of uh, many of the different scenes from down here. So uh, appreciate all the compliments and I appreciate everybody taking a look uh, at it as well. So thank you so much. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wabam, W-A-B-A-M. And if you are looking for cleaning products, say your uh, janitorial service, they have them. They can do it and they are right here in Wisconsin. Stick with the hometown team. Stick with those that are right here in our own backyard. How about maybe a car guy or a boat guy or a motorcycle guy or a girl for that matter? They have products such as Whiplash, which uh, kind of puts a coating on the bike or on the boat or on the car where the bugs just kind of, you know, when they hit and you go to get rid of them, they just kind of wipe off. It's not like staining or anything like that in the fairing or staining in the headlight area or uh, anything in that particular sense or keeping some of the barnacles and such off of your boat. Wabam. W-A-B-A-M. Go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam.com. And uh, support uh, not only local, but uh, get a terrific product along the way as well. And if you're looking forward to try it for the first time and you just want to pick up a bottle and you're out at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, they have a lot of the product right there. Well, bam, right next to the parts counter. So go into Wisconsin Harley-Davidson out in Oconomowoc and grab it right next to the parts counter as well. There you go. That's getwabam.com. Uh, I, I got I to gotta tell you, I, when we were sitting there talking to Zach, uh, things happen. And today, the camera that points inward towards me, uh, for whatever reason, the uh, the cabling is something's not right with it. So the camera's worked sporadically today. It's kind of flickered a little bit. Otherwise, you would have seen it. But uh, if you were listening to me talk to Zach, you heard a pop, uh, a slight pop in the background. Well, where we're sitting, which is the fourth floor window uh, of the big conference center here at the War Memorial, and we look out over lake michigan and one camera's pointed off to the right down lake michigan and the other one's pointed off to the left up to the uh, veterans park area and the field of flags and i'm talking to zach and i'm in a chair a, a, an office chair a nice comfortable office chair and i'm kind of rocking back and forth but it's it's got the pin in it uh that kind of locks it into place so it doesn't go all the way back well as i'm sitting here talking to zach the pin popped 
<laughs> and I completely, short of taking down the entire setup with computer screens and all, completely lost it. And I don't know if you heard it or heard the, Ooh, but I never let the headset hit the ground. So you couldn't hear like the tumble. But the whole thing let go, and I went ass over elbows backwards, feet in the air, and I did a complete, like, backward somersault roll while talking to Zach Heilprin. I've never done that on the air in my life. And all I kept thinking was, don't let the headset fly off. Because then I couldn't hear what Zach was saying, and I wouldn't know how to respond to him. And you'd probably hear it go tumbling backwards. But don't let the headset fly off. So uh, you didn't find the, the audio of it, did you, Ben? The logs have to reset. Give me a couple minutes. We'll hit okay. the top of the hour, yeah. and we'll get the big reveal. I just, I was, I was, as I was going, I had the button in my hand that turns the mic off, but you could hear the pop, you know, and that was when it let go. I went, I mean, I went tumbling backwards, uh, and I don't know how I got up. I, I was like a gymnast. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling kind of nimble. In, in, in the half-two moment, <laughs> in the half-two moment, I, I did okay, I guess. <laughs> but I couldn't tell if you heard it or not. But uh, so, I mean, I had people saying, talking about the sound and stuff, and I, I was, I was trying to readjust because <laughs> I just, I just completely lost it. I mean, ass in the air, flying backwards. And if anybody was on a tour of this place, walking by the window behind me. Looking in, they they had to have, like, fallen off the rail into the midst of the eternal flame because they were laughing so hard they just passed out and fell over. <laughs> I've never had that happen before. Oh, my God. I'm sure tomorrow I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning to go to Forgotten Fire Winery. I'm going to get up, and my back's going to be out, and my knees are going to hurt. My ankle's going to be swollen up. My head will have a lump on it. I'll be a mess. I do see some sunshine popping through way out in the midst of Lake Michigan. There is a boat out there with some sun on it right now. I'm liking the fact that I'm seeing a little bit of blue sky to the north, a couple of open spans. I feel like I'm nautical up here, like I'm on the front end of a cruise ship, like I'm on the captain heading off into the ocean area because I can't see can't see Michigan. <laughs> Stay tuned. we got another hour of the Bill Michaels Show coming up right after this. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Great food. Big weekend. Getting the boat and the water out there on Pewaukee Lake. Go check it out. Say hi to Ryan and his staff at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.